I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as foils attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Amazing about it, I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott. Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there, Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcast. I'm coming to you with a brand spanking fresh new episode of Nerd Alert. Uh, with me, as always, to help give you all the nerd goodness you crave is my stalwart, trusty crew of misfits. Uh, we're all a bunch of jackasses just standing in a circle. That's what we are. <laughs> to my right. Uh, the man who keeps the nerd in the Talk Nerdy To Me Network, Commander Scott. Greetings, greetings. I have something I wish to share with you and everybody today, something that I'm very happy that I found and can now point to. Uh, it has to deal with an urban legend that we've all heard several times. Uh, and that is, because I know you've heard people say it, well, you know they get army and you know military uniforms wrong because it's illegal for them to, to, to actually wear an actual military uniform. How many people have heard that? Everybody heard that before? I've heard of that, yeah. Somebody say that. assume we all have our hands in the air, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Article 10, Section 772, Paragraph F of the U.S. Code of Justice states that while portraying a member of the Army, Navy, Air Force, or Marine, an actor in a theatrical or motion picture production may wear the uniform of that armed force if the portrayal does not tend to discredit that armed force. So suck it all you want to be know-it-alls out there who say, well, they can't do that because it's illegal. It's most certainly legal. <laughs> um, they usually don't because they're lazy. Actually, no, uh, I, 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 will, I will put a little caveat in that. I believe that only uh, pertains to films that have the official um, backing of the U.S. Armed Forces. Not according to the U.S. Code of Justice. I'm pretty sure that only applies to films that have their backing, and if you don't have their backing, you can't use their uniforms. Nope. I could be wrong on that. So so here's the thing. Because okay. actually, I looked this up as well. Actually, this was in the main article that I read. That if the United States Armed Forces sees the movie or production and deems it to be a discredit then they could, if they wanted to, take the time to bring charges against the individual person and whoever corporate entity produced the film to protect that person on an individual level for portraying the uniform of the armed forces in a thing. But no one ever does that because, well, A, Hollywood never gets a uniform right because usually they're too lazy to get everything right. Um 
especially based on period. Uh, because uniform codes change over the years. So if you're looking at a Vietnam-era style uniform, it's going to be different than, say, a uh, Gulf War-era uniform, even in the dress uniforms, you know, with the, the ribbons and everything. So, right. But it is technically not illegal on that basis. It, it is on the basis of whether or not the armed forces believes that the production in question has discredited the right. armed force in question. But, but... And they would have to prove that. Before you start production, you submit your screenplay to so, so like Top Gun submits their screenplay to the U.S. Navy to say we're going to make this movie. We'd like your support in making it. I.e., we'd like to use your stuff to make this. And at that point, they can say yes or no or yes with caveats. And if, if they say no, then you're like like Independence Day did not get the approval of the United States Armed Forces. So the uniforms and stuff in that movie. They did not get help from any branch they, of the armed yes. forces. They submit if they want help, if they want their assistance from the actual organization. That that assistance is not required to make the production. And since nobody right. nobody representing any member of the military in that movie is discrediting that armed force, it's not illegal for them to wear an accurate uniform. Okay, we'll debate this later. <sighs> Hey, I'm looking I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's illegal. I'm, I'm saying if you don't get this official support, you're not allowed to show exact uniforms. So if they say like 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 Independence Day, where they didn't like the Area 51 stuff, so okay, we're gonna go. We, we can't take that out of the movie. It's a big part of the movie. We're gonna continue and make it. But now that we don't have the official support of the U.S. military, if we show full regulation uniforms were now subject to said lawsuit. I don't think because so. Because we don't have the official backing. Because they would still have to prove that the depiction discredits the armed force. But but you're opening yourself up to legal action if you do, is what I'm saying. Eh, I don't think anybody would ever pursue it. Nerds. Okay. I'm saying that's why people who don't have the official backing of the, the military or whatever branch it is don't use the real uniforms to avoid any legal entanglements. See, and I think you're giving them too much credit. I literally think most of the things out there, they just get it wrong because, well, it looks good on camera. No one's ever going to know. Don't worry about it. Okay. so that's Let's your move on. Hey, you say it. You just think they're too lazy. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, they are. Okay. I'm saying they won't get funding if they do. They're lazy. Okay. <laughs> This has been Nerds Bickering. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Oh, shit. We're only five minutes in. Uh, quick, stretch it out. Stretch out for time. <laughs> My other host, because I forgot where the fuck we were, <laughs> joining me from somewhere in time and space, regretfully not four and a half minutes ago to tell us to shut up and move on with the show, uh, via the time-traveling DeLorean, it's the doc. It's clobbering time. Ooh. I got goosebumps. Hello, Ben Grimm. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> it's, you know, it's just another day in the life of teaching middle school. <sighs> I don't think I could bring up, I, I don't think I could bring up the DeLorean and uh, they would understand what I was talking about. Well, then you have failed them as a teacher, Jay. Well, you know. Clearly, that's what you should be teaching. Yes. <laughs> is important movie cards. Yeah. And, and right. debates on whether or not you can show accurate military uniforms. 
Oh, the because uh, when are they ever going to use math in real life, Jay? But knowing the right. DeLorean, that's going to come in handy all the time. Well, right now the biggest scandal in my classroom is my Jaws poster, and the middle mm. schoolers trying to determine whether or not the girl is naked. No, she's got the uh, swim swimsuit bottoms on. Um, in context, yep. yes, naked. Yep. Yep. In reality, she has jean shorts on. Jean shorts. That's how they built the rig. When they, uh, so in, 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 again, in, in context, yeah, she strips naked and goes skinny dipping in, uh, in the, the con- in actual, uh, actuality of shooting. She's in a harness below the waist with, uh, two different sets of crew guys on the beach running from one side of the beach to the other to yank her back and forth. Oh yeah. I had a, I had a whole different image in my head of the, the poster. Yeah. I, I can see that debate. Yeah. Okay. Jay, get a Sharpie. <laughs> Draw a bikini on her. <laughs> Call it a day. Make sure it's a one piece, though. You can always Great. replace it with the you Jaws. Don't want any bear midriff. <laughs> uh. No bear midriff poster or silhouette. Well, yet. first of all, first of all, um, uh, I think somebody's in the wrong for assuming that person's gender because that could just be a long-haired dude there. Yep. Yeah, yeah the, the dude she seduces to go with her does have pretty long hippie hair. So I mean, you you're, know, you're right. These are all facts. I'm just stating the, that middle schoolers are dumb. Anyway, <clears throat> this has been middle schoolers are dumb. <laughs> Another great recurring topic on this show. Oh my god! Is <laughs> uh, our actual topic this week? Oh yeah, here we go. Are you smarter than the docs middle schoolers? <laughs> Short you know answer, what? yes. <laughs> I like that idea. That needs to be a recurring thing. <laughs> I need a dumb middle schooler story every week, Jay. Oh, that's not a problem. All right. <laughs> uh, well, thank anyway, you for joining us for the inaugural edition of Are You Smarter Than a Middle Schooler? But our actual topic today, we're going to go ahead and move on, uh, is actually something that I believe the doc uh, suggested. Well, I think uh, it was, it was, it was Scott. Scott, and but didn't you mention the actual franchise? No, I think that was me too. Okay, I'm just yeah. gonna take all the credit from Scott and give it to Jay. It's fine. That works. I'm uh, fine with it. I am jiggy with that. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Uh, okay. Well, the, the the idea came from Commander Scott uh, to do um, what will probably be the first in in a running series, and not necessarily every week, but. I'm sure we'll come back around to this topic again, insert different franchise. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, that topic being fan casting. Uh, different from podcasting. Um, a little bit different from actual uh, rod and reel casting. But uh, essentially what we're doing is we're going to take a franchise, uh, assume it's being rebooted or redone or something, you know, somehow remade, and we're going to give you our pitch for who we think should play what roles. And then um, because I'm me and I overcompensate, uh, I've got a whole pitch for today's franchise. Wow. Uh, that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, I can't I can't I can't help myself. Uh, this, <laughs> is, this, is the, <laughs> this is the downside of having lots more free time at work now. Um, I had two and a half days to think about this at work. So it, it got a little out of control. I promise I'll reel it in. But uh, as as the doc kindly uh, uh, alluded in his intro, uh, we're going to recast the X-Men because they're known yes. for slobbering. 
Yep. Yeah, the, uh, they're not the first family of Marvel, but uh, they're how incredibly the most popular. So. Wow. Who's no. driving a dump truck through whose house? Um, Sorry, it's very hot in the apartment, and the window's open. Yeah. And apparently they enjoy driving semis and dump trucks right in front of the house. So Nice. <laughs> yeah. Good times. There's also train tracks right along one of the main roads. Yeah. That's also okay. Nice. The they, uh, tracks usually get erased uh, the first hard rain, so you, know, you won't see them for very long. <laughs> anyway, this week we are fan casting uh, the X-Men as we'd like to see them when they eventually, inevitably, get cast inside the MCU. Um. And we're going to treat this a little uh, less like a go around the table and list off kind of thing, and more of a uh, how did you pitch it, Scott? A writers' room roundtable. Yeah, kind of a kind of a writers' room roundtable where we kind of break the story and 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 who we would like to see in what roles and who needs to be there and how best to bring them into the MCU. And 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 I think it's very kind of apropos, honestly, that we're doing this this week because this week we got the uh, the, the trailer for uh, Wandavision. Which, uh, if you or anybody else is aware, has a very major uh, X-Men Easter egg uh, in that trailer. So, it could be hinting to how the X-Men, or at least some form of what elements they're going to use to bring the X-Men into the MC or mutants in general. So, Okay. Do, do, do you not know about the... No idea what you're talking about, but I only watched the trailer once, so... So, in the trailer, you see... Uh-huh. Um, um uh, vision uh pouring some wine uh-huh. and the uh the label on that wine uh i forget exactly what it's called but it's a french title okay uh-huh. uh and um um one of the words in the title is is the the french word for house uh and there's of course a big because it, it, it's it's house day and it's another m word in french and on the neck of the bottle is the seal for the for the uh uh the wine which is a very stylized m yeah so now going into to wandavision i know we're not actually here to talk about wandavision but i think pretty much everybody knows that uh house of m is going to have something to do with it because it's going to draw from the no more mutant storyline um but you know the fact that we've we've got that wine bottle, and I think it's a bit of a confirmation that, that they are going to draw from elements of House of M for Wandavision, and and in my opinion, the introduction of mutants into the MCU in general. So, well, all right, uh, I've I've got a little different proposal. Uh, I, I missed the House of M thing. Uh, my bad, but I'm glad you picked it up, Scott. Good catch. Good catch. Um, so I'm just going to jump into my pitch um, and stop me along the way if you want to uh, uh, refute, rebuttal, add, uh, add to it, whatever. Um, so in, 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 and I started this with just like we talked about, like what characters do I want to see and then who do I think would be good as that character. And that led me down the train of, okay, well, who do I not want to see? Uh, which led me down to the role of what kind of villain do I want and who haven't we seen yet? And I'll get to a whole rant on that later. Uh, but that <laughs> led me to, okay, what story 
could fit these characters that I want to see? What story would be good as a jumping on point for a whole new generation of X-Men in the MCU? And there's one X-Men story that I'm fairly well familiar with. Uh, and that is from 1975, Second Genesis, which I am only familiar with because in like fourth grade, I read the uh, junior novelization of this storyline. <laughs> uh, I bought it at a book fair, which tells you how old I am. Uh, the story behind that, and, and first, the real world story behind this, this was first published in Giant X-Men number one from 1975. The story is called Second Genesis. It was, at the time, the first new X-Men story in almost five years. Uh, they, they, from 1970 to the time this one uh, uh, came out in 75, they were just reprinting old X-Men stories. There were no new X-Men uh, stories coming along. And this story, in one fell swoop, introduces an entire new team of X-Men while transitioning to that team while showing you what happened to the original team and transitioning them kind of out of the book entirely, but uh, it's a passing of the torch kind of story while changing up the lineup of the team. And I thought, well, that's a perfect jumping on point for a new X-Men story. Because one thing I always wanted to see that the Fox movies never got around to was the original OG five X-Men. And even though we got them all in the same movie for at least one movie, they were never on screen together the entire time, which to me was just like a, a complete wasted opportunity. Uh, but those OG X-Men, of course, being Cyclops, Beast, Iceman, Angel, and Jean Grey slash Marvel Girl, uh, with, of course, Professor Rex in the background. So my story opens up full out, you know, from the opening credits, you kick in that fucking 90s cartoon theme song. The Blackbird <laughs> flies by. The team deploys, and we get to some really nice, like, uh, Scott Snyder 300-esque slow-mo badass shots of all the OG X-Men deploying from the Blackbird uh, onto this tropical island. And it is full-on exactly what fans have been crying out for, for for way too long now, the old-school 90s X-Men on screen. Goofy costumes and all. Nobody cares anymore. Just fucking do it. It's, it's Marvel. You can do it. Uh, so you're right off the bat. Oh, here we go. This is my X-Men. Heck yeah. Uh, they're on this island investigating a massive mutant signature that Xavier found using Cerebro. But there's so, so much going on, he can't, he can't uh, isolate where it's coming from. So he sent the team in to investigate. And right off the bat, they get attacked by the island itself. And you get this cool action scene of the OG X-Men in battle. And they all get knocked out one by one. So think of it as like a uh, James Bond-esque opening action sequence. Where right away we get introduced to our classic, iconic uh, OG X-Men characters. And within the first, whatever, ten minutes, they're knocked out. The rest of the story then takes place. We cut to Professor Xavier. Putting together a new team of X-Men to go investigate what happened to the OG team and are they alive? Uh, that in a nutshell is the story of um, second Genesis. It's Xavier putting together a new team of X-Men because the original team has gone missing. And I think that's a perfect framework to both introduce your old school iconic characters and bring in a whole new class of X-Men. 
Um, the original comic book lineup was um, for the new class. Wolverine, Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and hold on, the one I always forget, Night something, not Stalker. Uh, hold on, my phone just crapped out, and I didn't write this one character down. Yeah. Uh, uh, says X-Men number one. Uh, Thunderbird, sorry. Yeah, that's Night something. Yeah, shut up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... Now, the second team, I would argue, you could kind of swap out characters as you want to, because what, what's important is we're transitioning to a new team. And in Marvel Never Does, um, complex storylines verbatim. They always take the idea of them and then, you know, make, twist them to work for the MCU. So I'm not beholden to any of those particular characters. That being said, that's not a bad X-Men lineup. Um I don't have much left, I promise. Uh, so stuff happens. They explore the island. They get attacked by some bad guys. Turns out the whole thing was a giant trap set by the actual villain of the story. Oh, back up. Sorry. First, they discovered the island itself is a mutant. That's why it's alive. That's where the huge thing came from. And already on the island, to study the island is who I would argue needs to be the new villain for at least your next three X-Men movies, Mr. Sinister. Nathaniel Essex himself, um, which leads into our big final fight where the new team rescues the old team and they all team up together. It's a team, team, team up, team up. Uh, all the X-Men fighting Mr. Sinister and his goons over the fate of this mutant island. Um, and that's my pitch in a nutshell. Wow. I told you to keep it concise. Um, I don't know about the doc. I can't speak for him. I have to say, I hate, hate almost everything about like that. Um, so, I mean, I get where you're going with it, um, but that's not the same pitch that I had. Because my thought was, if you're going with stuff that we know and understand, I was going to go with like the X-Men lineup from the first cartoon show. Like the first episode yeah. of the cartoon, and um, just want us to gambit. That's no, like honestly, because I didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, yes, I like Gambit, but um, I never really read the. And I know that, like, and you want a new bad guy, which that's fine. Um, but also, I feel like you need the. Uh, the other mutant league uh, with Magneto. Yes. The, the brother, yeah. The one that's so important you can't remember the name. Right. But my point is this, that okay. you can have a story where Magneto is not necessarily the bad guy. Um, which was kind of what I was going for. All right. Well, give me your pitch. Well, so, all right, one thing, and I know that, that we already got it in a movie, but we didn't kind of, I mean, we kind of got it in a movie, but one thing I felt like always got sold short was kind of how awesome the Sentinels were. Yeah. And um, how much of, like, a badass, like, just bad guy that could be. Mm -hmm. And it's a good way to get both the X-Men 
and the what I can't remember the League of Evil Mutants um, together to band together to fight a common enemy. You know what I mean? Um, and so, like, my thought was that the Sentinels are programmed just to go capture mutants, not good or bad. Like, there is no to them. There's no good or bad in in their mind. They're just going out to capture mutants. And so you could have like a giant team up of X-Men and evil mutants together, like fighting side by side um, to defeat the Sentinels. And with like today's technology and movies, like I think of Pacific Rim, not the second one, but the first one with how awesome they did the giant robots that you could do that and make the Sentinels just look totally badass because the, I think they really sold them short in um, Days of Future Past. Yeah, no argument. And, and that one uh, terrible cameo in X3 where you see uh, the head of one. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like that's, I mean, it's such a big thing. Like, it was such a huge thing for the cartoon series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they just sold it short. And like, you don't get to see it in any of the movies. And I feel like that could be a very big like plot point and a good way to get your two teams together so that your you know magneto's not a bad guy but he's still in the movie and, so what's your cast uh what, what, what characters do you want okay so do you want all of them yeah <laughs> or go like on. okay i i think i listed yeah. every character i thought of so yeah okay so for the x-men so i have the original lineup from the first cartoon okay okay Professor X, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Gambit, Rogue, Beast, Wolverine, Storm, and Jubilee. Okay. And then for the evil mutants, I have Magneto, Toad, Sabretooth, Mystique, Avalanche, Mastermind, Juggernaut, Blob, and Pyro. That is a big cast. Right? That is a big cast. But I also have, I think, some pretty good... I'm not going to say all of them are good, but I had I think I have some pretty solid choices for all those characters as well. Well, and a okay. lot of those characters we got in the very first X-Men movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, yeah. The, the other thing that I came up with that I struggled with was finding people who were not already in the MCU that I thought... Yeah, that's getting pretty that, hard to do. <laughs> yeah. But that I thought could also do a good job as that character. Mm-hmm. So, well, Scott, before we get into details, do you have a pitch or a story idea? Yeah, I do. Okay, okay. somewhat. It's it's not quite as detailed as as yours, uh, but so here's the thing with X Men, and and this is something that I think uh, every X Men movie, with the exception of the first one, and maybe you could argue a bit Days of Future's Past. Uh, failed to remember and this is the core this is the cusp of the x-men is that that at its heart it deals with racism and prejudice that that's what it deals with yeah people who are against the mutants so it's not about the fights it's not about the villain it's about two sides of an ideology um now one thing i will agree with you obi john is that sinister needs to be the villain this is a very overlooked villain um, and with the idea of, um, um, 
the possibility of mutants being brought into the MCU through uh, elements of the House of M story, uh, as mm-hmm. well as some other things. Now, for our non-comic uh, knowledgeable, what is House of M in a nutshell? So in House of M, uh, so uh, the Scarlet Witch, uh, her children uh, are kind of killed, and she kind of goes nuts, and she turns on the Avengers, and she kills some people. She kills some heroes and stuff. Uh, once she's finally defeated by the Avengers, she's actually taken to Muir Island, and she's watched over by uh, Magneto and uh, Professor Xavier. And Professor Xavier is using his powers to rein in her reality-altering uh, powers, her, her abilities, because she's literally had a psychic break. Um, so in an effort to try to figure out what to do with her, uh, somebody suggests that they may need to kill her. Uh, Captain America, of course, being the cooler head that he is, steps in and says, well, well, wait a minute, that that's a bit extreme. We need to talk to her first. We need to find out what's going on and everything like that. But the damage is already done because, um, Quicksilver overheard that. And ran to Muir Island and basically told Magneto that, hey, they're planning to kill her. You need to get her out of here. And so Eric takes her off someplace and she uses her abilities to rewrite reality to an alternate reality uh, in which uh, mutants Homo Superior ruled over Homo Sapiens. Uh, At the end of this story, once that all is resolved and everything, uh, she utters the words, no more mutants. And it literally, uh, I forget the exact percentage, but like 75 or more percent of the mutants in, uh, in the, the Marvel in Marvel were depowered. They had no more powers. Some still did. Uh, the main, the main reason for the story was the X-Men had uh, such a huge roster of mutants and, and characters at this time. They just needed yeah, to cleanse, cleanse the palate. That's something we're going to have to to grapple with this entire episode is, is how ridiculously huge the bench of X-Men and X related titles is. Yeah. Uh, cause there's a fuckload of mutants we could draw from. So, Obviously, uh, in WandaVision, we're going to be dealing with it, it. It's her grief over losing vision. Um, they're in a fifties era TV show setting thing, kind of like Pleasantville. Part of it, we think. Yeah, Honestly, uh, something. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> uh, but so obviously, she's used her reality altering abilities to bring vision back in some shape, form, or fashion. And and in my opinion. They're going to do the reverse of No More Mutants, and something is going to happen because we know that that the end of this series is going to tie directly into the events of the second Doc Strange movie. Okay. So uh, I think between this and Doc Strange, that's how we're going to get mutants and the X gene into the MCU. Now, whether or not this powers up people or if it has a, a temporal component to where it'll reach, you know, back in the past. And in other words, people are just all of a sudden, you know, that type of thing. I don't know. But going off of Mr. Sinister, because I love Mr. Sinister, uh, and it's something we, somebody we need to see. Uh, there's a storyline after House of M called Endangered Species, mm-hmm. where the first mutant child is born after uh, uh, House of M and the Decimation storyline, basically what became known as M Day, when yep. she depowered the mutant population. Um, 
And so, a, so Mr. Sinister sends out his uh, marauders uh, to to find the baby, uh, and uh, Xavier sends out the X Men. And so, basically, something of that. So, one of the people that he's working with in this movie is Craven. Or not movie in, in this storyline is Craven. Uh, Craven's actually working for for Sinister because he hires Craven, the hunter, to hunt down the child along with the Marauders. Now, Craven is rumored to be the villain in the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah, uh, but we're definitely not going to get Craven in an MCU movie because he's owned by Sony. I'm, I, I know, I, I get that, but but and here's the thing: so okay. Craven is actually killed after this and sinister uses samples of cyclops marvel girl ace Iceman, angel beast and craven to create a new clone of craven called x raven which if we everybody get... still with us everybody good everyone got notes <laughs> so if we, later. if we get craven in spider-man uh, whether they kill him or not in Spider-Man, we could have the actor come back as X-Raven. You you could tie it. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying it's a way to tie into other aspects of the MCU. Um, plus, Endangered Species and the House of M has a lot of interaction between X-Men and Avengers. So you've got room for uh, you know uh, uh, you know Captain America, uh, whoever you know. Uh, Whoever is with the X-Men at that point, or the, the Avengers at that point, you could bring in other MCU characters easily to to mm-hmm. bring to help tie this all together. But that storyline is more of what I would do in a new X-Men. The reason for this, and I, I don't have, you know, there's no Magneto. I'm with uh, you on that. There's no Professor Xavier. In fact, I did, on that. In fact, I did not even, I did not even pick a person to play Xavier because I do not want to see Professor Xavier in the first X-Men movie. You're you're just ridiculous. I want I want him to be brought in. I want him to be brought in, uh, 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 you know, either in the second movie or whatever because one thing you need to build toward uh, if, if not for the next one, but the one beyond that is you need to build toward Onslaught. Oh God! Yeah, I love no. onslaught. No, yes, yes, no. yes. Hitting the hard stop button yes, right now. I don't care. This is the most convoluted. All, no, it's not. Weird ass comic books or goofy character ever. Yes, but how many of those characters has the MCU brought us in a very well done light? Ah, uh, let's not push it. No, no, no. They could do onslaught. They could do it well. Uh-oh. Not. It would be an over. It would be an overarching multi movie build up. Uh, much like Thanos, not for the next one, of course. We, they already know where they're going for that, but for the one after that. Um, because you can't have... I know you don't like Magneto as a villain because we've seen him way too much as a villain. And I agree. Um, but you're not going to have X-Men movies without Xavier and Magneto being there. Um, so... No, I, toward it. Uh, I'm with you there. I think you're crazy for not putting Professor Rex in, though, because... There are certain staples to the X-Men universe. He is one of them. If you do an X-Men movie without him, you're not doing X-Men. You're doing he, X-Factor or he, he Yes, or exactly. Else. And I will admit, yes, uh, 
my pitch is more of an X Factor team than an X Men team because I like a more adult Cyclops actually being in charge of a team. Well, um, that's that was my and I didn't quite get into this, but in in my pitch, so your original team and the reason I, I wanted to pitch it as as a generational thing, your OG team would be people who were older. My idea behind this is they've already fought with Magneto. They've already fought the Brotherhood. They've already had 10 years under their belt of being a team. So when we meet them at the beginning, they're not kids just learning their powers just now becoming the X-Men. They're already the X-Men, a well-oiled machine. The difference is their fights weren't public. So the world in large doesn't know necessarily what all has happened. But that's, that's, that's all prologue for this group. So you work in references to them fighting the Brotherhood and them fighting Magneto and, and, and this this you know ten years or so of you know stuff they've got under their belt already. So the cast I went with was all older actors, and I don't yeah. mean like sixty five plus. I mean like yeah, there's no, there's no twenty somethings playing teenagers in the original yeah. X Men cast for my movie because <laughs> I'm with you. That is all integral to X Men. I, I treat that like Uncle Ben and Spider Man. You've got to have it, but I don't want to see it. Yeah, yeah. And it's fine. So, so like my... when, when when Xavier is recruiting his new team and he comes back to the mansion, there's a, a trophy room or something where we go through and we see exploits of this team that have already happened off screen. We just weren't there for like uh, like Ben Affleck's Batman, where we see like the Robin suit hanging in the Batcave. Like there's yeah. a prologue to this that we just haven't seen yet. Yeah, but and this is where we differ. I don't want to see Xavier putting together another team. I want to see Cyclops leading a team. I don't care about putting together a team. Uh, we know well, if you X-Men, want to get nitpicky, Cyclops is on both teams in that storyline, so yes, you get him. Anyway, um, so my lineup. All right. Yeah. Um, so I've got Cyclops, obviously, because I, I love right. older Cyclops. Um, but I've got Cyclops with Emma Frost. Because I like it when Emma Frost is on the team. I, I liked that version of her. I like her a lot better than Jean Grey. Uh, Jean Grey is overdone. Um, and uh, she's overdone. And do we all tried... agree no Phoenix? Are we all on that page? They, yes, yeah, they've tried and right. failed yeah. twice now to do a Phoenix tie-in. Okay. Story okay. And so we're all good there. Fuck off, Phoenix. Uh, um, okay. But I also want to see characters, for the most part, I, I picked characters that we had not seen truly on screen before. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to, these are all characters we've seen on screen, but in my opinion, we've never really seen them on screen. So one of them though is Colossus. Cause he's my favorite X-Men. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I want to go with the Deadpool Colossus cause that's just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen ever. Yeah, um, Cap- oh, I'm sorry. Stefan. I think I wrote. Cap- I, kick. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. But just, he's just exactly that. who I wrote down for Colossus. Yeah. Yes, yes. He's great. Um, it's perfect. There's no reason to change that. Um, rogue, but I want to see a fully powered up nineties rogue. I want her to be able to fly, have toughness and super strength. In addition to her, her intrinsic mutant ability. Um, we don't need to explain why she's got them. If you wanted to do a standalone movie later because they became popular. Cool. But at the first, we don't need, uh, and then uh, a fully in control of his powers, Iceman. We got a little bit of him. We got a little bit of him on screen, but not much. Uh, not enough for my taste. I don't want to see uh, Wolverine. I don't care about Wolverine. We've had too see, much Wolverine. I'm, 
I'm 90% with you, but when I tell you who I want to cast as Wolverine, you'll understand why, okay, now I kind of want to see Wolverine. I, I, I don't I don't find him being brought in, but at the outset, no. Um, yeah. I'm with, uh, Magneto and Wolverine were at the top of my I do not want to see them list. Um, uh, Storm? No. Yep. I, I, yep. Have no, I have no desire to see any more Storm. Uh, because we I got... Like... I, I hate, I hate what, um, what uh, they did with Storm after uh, X1. Yep. Um, and the punk rock storm uh, becoming a, a horseman of the apocalypse was just weird for me. And uh, see, I put storm in the same category you, you came up with. Of we've seen them, but not really. Which is like, yeah, okay, we storm was there. She's in a bunch of movies, but other than that stupid line about a, a toe getting hit by lightning, God. name one memorable thing storm does. <laughs> like the character Absolutely really got nothing. shortchanged. Yeah, she did. She did, and, and I could possibly see an argument be made to brought her in. So yeah, I don't want to see her. Um, uh, as for uh, uh, let's see here, who else was it? Uh, Angel. Um, I hate Angel. I hate everything about Angel. Uh, the only for- version of Angel that I like is Archangel, uh, and you can't really bring. For that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't care. I, I I hate a superpower of a dude that just has wings that can fly. Yay! He has average human strength, average human endurance, average human abilities, but he has wings and can fly. Okay, he's got to flap a lot. What, what 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 good is that? I mean, you get him into a hail of bullets and he's defenseless. They're just gonna rip through those wings. He's gonna come crashing to earth, and that's the end of Angel. So you're not a big Hawkman fan? Not a big Hawkman <laughs> fan at all. He has a mace. He does. <laughs> So anyway, so and mainly sometimes he's you know, an alien, sorry. You know, it's, it's so basically endangered species with Sinister okay. as our villain. Uh, yeah. uh, the lineup that I said, which is a short lineup, I want a small lineup. There's there's no reason. Uh, I want to get away from the uh, darts at a dartboard uh, way of picking X Men characters for movies. I'm with you on that one. Um, uh, maybe some elements of the Messiah complex thrown in there. Uh, and, and stuff, but yeah, so that's that's how I would bring you know uh, uh, mutants into the MCU and, and and such. So is jumping off of House of M, doing the first the first storyline really that came about after House of M, them trying to track down the first. See, and that's another thing. I don't know exactly how they would uh, how you would all of a sudden get all these mutants that are older but have powers after you've introduced the, the X gene. I mean, I guess her reality altering power could say, Hey, this is now a thing. And it's always been a thing. See, and that's, that's why I wanted to build that mutants have always been here. We just haven't necessarily noticed them. And that the events of maybe not this film, but leading into the next film is, is about mutants coming into the limelight. And, and now the world knows they're there because we now live. The MCU is now a post, we all got snapped away by Thanos world. So a little bit of that, the world hates and fears them. I don't think quite holds water as much when, you know, we all got saved by crazy superheroes. So I think you have to work a little bit harder to, to wedge that in there. Um, but my idea was that, again, they've always been here. We just haven't known necessarily that they're always here. Uh, and there was a, a storyline in um, ultimate 
uh, the ultimates, excuse me, where it turns out that the the the, um, the world was told that Janet has powers because Hank Pym invented them, and then secretly no, it's because she's a mutant. But they didn't want to tell anyone that because mutants were were looked at uh, uh, poorly. So when, when she joined the team, they made the story up to to cover her being a mutant. Uh, and in a world where we have Captain America and, and Hulk, you can kind of cover up some of those powers, you know? But, oh, yeah, no, it was a super soldier experiment. Now I have blue fur. Yeah. Um, but That's mostly another... what I wanted to say, Scott, to your pitch, <clears throat> yeah. at no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone <laughs> in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. <laughs> I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> And yes, I googled that speech. <laughs> uh, Touche. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, you can like, uh, there's like there's elements of all three of our pitches that would work well together, where you don't have Magneto as a bad guy, but Magneto's still there because you want to see him. You can shorten the cast. I don't have. I mean, I have nine and nine. But that's just because I was having a good time with it. Like, <laughs> and because hey, man, when, it's fine. Yeah. Because yeah. When, when it was pitched, it was, hey, we're recasting X Men. And I was like, cool, I'm going to make a big cast. We've been talking about pitches. And, yeah, uh, no, dude, which, it, you know, you, trust me, we're going to get to casting. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it'd be fun to, to brainstorm. And I don't envy anybody at Marvel. Um, who now so many movies into building a universe is, hey, we got the X-Men now, write them in. Yeah. Oh, oh God. God. Uh, yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's a, you, you mentioned Blue Fur. That's another character I don't want to see because they keep getting him wrong. Uh, I've hated every incarnation of Beast that we've seen on screen. I think I have a pitch you might go for then. Maybe. I don't know. He might hate it. I, don't, I can't, I can't tell him with you anymore, Scott. <laughs> uh, but so okay, I'm, I'm, things things we seem to agree on. We all want to see Cyclops. Yep, and we all, or most of us, two thirds of us, are on board with Mister Sinister being the villain. Oh, I, like so, I have no problem with him being the villain. Like if he's say say he's the one that is building the Sentinels to collect the mutants to study them. You could do that. You can make that work. You know what I mean? Like, he's the one that... Because then he is the bad guy. So then now you have a reason for the X-Men and the Brotherhood to team up to defeat a different... See, I don't want to see the X-Men and the Brotherhood team up. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, Yeah, it's been done. And and personally, I I hate storylines where, hey, our former villain is now our Uh, friend because we have a bigger villain to fight. Uh, Blade (laughs) 2. Excuse me. Sorry. I had something in my my throat there. I will cut you right the fuck off. Like... (laughs) Like you I said, blasphemed uh, the name Blade Two in this house, sir. <laughs> I'm not in that house right now. I just, I kind of, like I said, I was going crazy with casting, and Dude, I was hey, like, no. these guys would be cool in this role, and that's why, like, yeah. the I Brotherhood, totally and I was like, because that's so. exactly what Fox did too. We get it, man. There's a lot of cool toys in the X Men toy box. There is. <laughs> we want to get like- them all out. I like the idea of seeing Sentinels being done right on screen because they really need yes. to be done right. But yes. uh, I, I wouldn't want Sinister to be doing the Sentinels because that's not what he does. Um, I would rather see the events of the first movie necessitate the creation of the Sentinel program for the second movie. Yeah, you, yeah, you could do that. 
and and our after our the after first sh- movie being sort of a now the world knows mutants exist so the second movie is here's how we re- overreact to that yes um okay. and uh our uh, our end credit scene would be something along trask. the lines of trask yeah um which you know that's one of the things why that i love with uh um uh, days of futures past is because we mm-hmm. we have Bolivar Trask we have him done very well we have him played by um oh crap what's his name um shit Tyrion played the, Lannister thank you well no, that's not his <laughs> actual name but Tyrion Lannister yeah that's not actually tree the elf or dwarf sorry yeah <clears throat> we haven't played by him who is a phenomenal actor but that's one of the things you have to give props to that movie is is his height, the fact that he's a, a shorter person, uh, does not play into the characterization of Bolivar Trask at all. It's not mentioned, it's not brought up. You just have a nice actor doing a very nice role. Peter Dinklage is the actual. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't remember his actual name. The but, funny story uh, about that when they, when they were casting him, uh, the director had never seen him with his real accent. He'd only seen him on Game of Thrones. So yeah. when they they brought him in, and he was speaking in a Jersey accent. <laughs> He's completely thrown off. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the idea of of, of uh, Sentinels, but for a second movie. Yeah. Uh, plot line. Okay. I like that better. I'm with yeah. I, I think definitely there's a lot of opportunity in in the X Men universe to get things right. Another chance, uh, you know, it's amazing how much didn't get covered in, I added them up, like nine movies altogether in the X-Men franchise from Fox. Um, yeah, Sentinels definitely got shortchanged. I don't think anybody was was happy or satisfied with that. Um, we talked in, in previous episodes, Magneto was the f- default bad guy way too many times. The whole franchise became Wolverine-centric. Which X Men should never be one character centric. That's the whole point. Is it's a team, it's a group, it's how yeah. they work together. It's an ensemble. Um, now the um, the one thing that I like about the, I guess you could consider it the second set of of X Men movies with uh, uh, the first class. Cast. Yeah, first class cast and everybody is they did try to bring into the forefront. Uh, more of the Xavier Magneto relationship. Yes. Uh, I'll give them that. Um, I wish they hadn't have done what they did with Mystique in that, but yeah, it's okay. All right. So we said fan casting. Yes. Let's get to the actual casting. Uh, I'll start with the character. I think we all had listed Cyclops. Uh, we'll just go around the horn and list off if you had a choice for who you think should be Cyclops, who do you think it should be? Um, so in, in, in my universe, they're all older X-Men. They're not teenager X-Men. They're late twenties, early thirties X-Men. Uh, so I was going with somebody who you could believe as the, the field leader, someone who's kind of uptight, uh, but still a badass. God help me. Uh, I think army hammer, the Lone Ranger himself would make a great Cyclops. Hmm. I could see him as Cyclops. I respectfully disagree with that decision. <laughs> All right. Is it just because he's the Lone Ranger? Because don't hold that against him. No, no, no. Okay. I okay. I think you guys might be on board with my choice. Okay. He 
Already looks good, only showing half of his face. No. Carl Urban. No! Save that. <laughs> you put a pin in that. You come back. <laughs> I, I'm i sorry. Nope. I I picked Carl mm. Urban for Cyclops. That's what I said. I was like, I'd be happy no. with a Carl Urban for Cyclops, too. First of all, it's Carl Urban, so I'm never going to say no. But I think there's another character he'd be better as. Well, when it comes to Cyclops, I'm I'm torn because I can't have my first pick. Which is because he's too old for it now. Who is my first pick for for an older, you know, like 30s era Cyclops? Um, back in the early 2000s, uh, would have been uh, a guy whose name just blanked completely out of Scott Bakula. Blank man, yeah, sure. Captain Archer. Captain Archer. That's who I would have loved to have seen be Cyclops. Uh, now, we can't have it today. He's, he's, he's I think, a little too old. He's in his 50s now. I think he could potentially, because I don't have anybody else listed, but I think he could potentially play uh, Professor X now. Mm, I, think he, I think he could do it. Um, but for today's casting... Uh, and and I will agree. I like both of your all's choices better than mine. <laughs> um, uh, the only one I really came up with looking through research and trying to find somebody as leading man was Channing Tatum. Uh, I know a lot of people want him as Gambit, uh, and I think as much as I dislike Gambit, he would also make a good Gambit. But I think he could do Cyclops if you if you gave it to him. I don't want like, him. I don't even want him as Gambit. <laughs> I'm kind of with Jay on that one. Well, fine. Uh, Cyclops is kind of a tough nut because done wrong, he's just he's he's a wet blanket. Um, but done right, he's kind of the Captain America of the team. He's the straight laced, stalwart, uh, uh, Boy Scout kind of character who's trying to keep the whole team together. Well, he he was, but if you've read Astonishing X Men, Joss Whedon's run, um, he changes later. Yeah, and I hate that character then. So. Yeah, that's, I know. That's the character who but... goes on to kill Professor Xavier and try to end the world, so fuck that guy. Yeah, but he's such a nice Cyclops then. Well, He's got character depth. He's not just the, the Boy Scout. Uh, to quote John, two-thirds of us agree on Carl Urban. So. <laughs> Again, I'll never say no to Carl Urban, but I think there's a better character down this list that he, he'd be better cast at. well if well, you're if we're already going down that direction why don't you tell us who that is yeah let's just so i said it. i didn't want to see wolverine at all right yeah and then i thought about carl urban with that giant mutton chop beard he has in the boys right yeah. now uh-huh. that rough kind of voice he's doing and i was like fuck carl yeah. urban great wolverine. well i i hate well, again to disagree with you john Think you'd love but, to no, on me. but I, I have somebody who has actually been quoted as saying that they would love the opportunity to play Wolverine in an X Men movie. Who you got? And if you say who I think you're going to say, I'm going to flip a table. Keanu Reeves. Oh, Ugh. fuck off! Keanu Reeves is way too tall for Wolverine. I think Hugh Jackman was too tall for Wolverine. Does nobody else realize Keanu that Wolverine's trying to do an accent? Terrible. Listen, he doesn't have to do an accent. He just has to be John Wick. No. 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 All right. Listen, I'm just saying. I'm just, no. 
Strike one. I picked, I picked him <laughs> off of the fact that that's who is that is he's quoted as saying that's who he would want to play. Yeah. No actor is going to say no. I don't want to play Wolverine <laughs> in a new X Men movie. They like having a career. No, he didn't. He what? They didn't ask him if he would. They asked asked him what character in the Marvel I, movie would want to be, and he said I'm, Wolverine. I'm sure and if so they I'd offered. Say, I'm sure if they offered the role of Wolverine to Jonah Hill, he would say yes. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> but I mean, I do agree with you, John, that Carl Urban would be pretty good. But I was just that was who I my pick was different. So. Well, I don't have a casting for Wolverine because I don't want to see him on screen at all at the beginning of X-Men. Bring him am, in later, cool, but... I am also fine with that, Scott. I'm also who, fine not having Wolverine. Well, that's Whoever okay. Whoever they cast. Uh, sorry, it's okay because Carl Urban is going to be Cyclops anyway, so it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> We're giving yeah, Carl Urban work either way. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Um, but whoever they do bring in has got to be a, a short motherfucker. Um, yes. Because yes. Wolverine's like... The hell is he like five six or some shit? We've got to dispel the popular notion of Wolverine being Hugh Jackman, who's yeah. six three, and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. All right, go back to old school comic Wolverine. Um, no, I thought you were gonna say, um, uh, damn it, I always forget his freaking name. Tom Hardy is the name everyone was throwing around to. Oh continue. no! Oh yeah, yeah, no, I don't want yeah, no, no, no. no. Um. Well, since I didn't have somebody for Professor X, I'm going to move on to a different character. And uh, real quick, it's it's not a character that I have in this movie because he's going to be in the new movies. You're going to see him because he's too integral of a character. Uh, uh, I'm going to move on to Magneto real okay. quick because I had a really okay. good idea for casting for Magneto. Um, and I'd love to see Magneto come in in the second movie, not be in the first. Um because you're not you're not going to have new X Men movies without Xavier and Magneto, but for Magneto, I would love to see Anson Mount portraying that character. I don't know if I know that one. Oh, uh, sure you do. Uh, he played the main character in the Hell on Wheels series. Um, he played Black Bolt in the short lived Inhuman series. The very very we don't talk about that. God, thank God, short lived Inhuman series. Uh, played Captain Pike in season two of Discovery. Okay, I'm trying, I'm all right. trying to make a "Where's my big red helmet?" joke with I mean, Anson Mount. <laughs> I get okay. I see your red helmet. Where's my damn red helmet? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I don't want to see Magneto, but goddamn, if it's Anson Mount, I kind of do. Put him in the same category as my Carl Urban Wolverine. You you, you give him that silver hair, you know. Can't you just see him just 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 hovering above the ground with you know everything just kind of static I, electricity playing off of him? I, I feel it. like we owe him one after suffering through in humans. So <laughs> this is true. Uh, I did have a different choice for Magneto. Okay, and I went off of the fact that you know Magneto was interned in a concentration camp, so. I was like, who better to play him than somebody who is German? Uh, and so my pick is Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. You know Django Christoph Unchained. Waltz. Um, uh, that's not uh, the guy that played the, the, the client in uh, The Mandalorian, is it? No. No, no that's... Um, oh. 
Herder Herzog. Oh, Christoph Waltz is uh, the guy from uh, the the German from the beginning of Inglorious Bastards that does the. Yes. For, yes. For yes. 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 He's Blofeld in any James Bond films. Yes. yes. I thought that he would be a good because it's going to be hard to um, to be Magneto. Uh, now the next Magneto's got big shoes to fill, but um, mm. I don't know. I like Christoph Waltz. I don't know if he's Magneto stature or not. I I just <clears throat> yeah. I was just thinking. He could, I could totally see that, Jay, uh, because he plays a fantastic villain. He does. He does. And I, I really like the idea of, so Scott skipped over Professor X, but I cast Professor X, and I love the idea of of Christoph Waltz and the guy I cast having skins together. Who's that? Uh, Professor X, I was like, okay, who looks good bald? <laughs> and who's a great actor? Mark Strong. Mark Strong. You know him. He's in everything. He was in 1917. He's um, uh, he plays Merlin in the Kingsman movies. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I thought about him as Professor X when I was looking. I, I thought about him. Yeah, he's been in too many bad DC movies. He deserves to be in a good uh, oh, yeah. movie at some point. He got he was Sinestro in the Green Lantern movie. Uh, he was Doctor Savannah in Shazam. Uh, which he was great in, but that was kind of a waste of a great actor. Uh, but the idea of Merck Strong and Christoph Waltz having scenes together, I kind of love that. Um, I, I, yeah, actually, John, your choice is probably better than mine on that point. What do you got? But <laughs> you guys are going to probably think I'm crazy when I tell you this, but I also tried to think of somebody who looks good bald <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, has great range in his ability and is. He's he was kind of considered a one trick pony until he did a different series, uh, and that's Brian Cranston. I'm kind of sick of Brian Cranston. That's I mean that's fair. I just I was like I said I was trying to think of somebody who would look he can do bald. He's got the range. He's he's actually a fantastic actor. You could do worse. Uh, but that's just but like when you brought up well, the one John brought up is probably a better choice than mine. I just thought I'd throw yeah, that out. Yeah, personally, I, w- I would like to see Mark Strong better than 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 Brian Cranston. Yeah, but it, but I'm also a little prejudiced because I I hate uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, really? It's a horrible series. Oh, I like love- three like three seasons. He makes meth like once, maybe twice. The rest of the time, it's just him bitching at his wife. It's like MTV's The Real World, The Meth Years. <laughs> His wife is pretty terrible on that show. Um, so I'm just going to go down my list then. So we, uh, next on my – and Scott, this is a character you said you didn't want to see, and I can I can get on board with that to an extent because it's a character who's been on screen several times but who they've really, really gotten wrong. Um, Beast. I think the best version of Beast we've ever seen – is in one of the worst X Men movies we ever got, which is X Three, when yeah. it was um, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Grammer. I, I that agree. was the closest we got to the actual Beast character because I, in the, the newer movies, they had this stupid thing where they didn't want to put him in the makeup all the time. So the first movie, he hadn't gone full blue hair Beast yet. Okay, fine, he does by the third <laughs> act. Then the next what two three movies, it's oh he's got a serum, so he's yeah, fine and doesn't he need can, the makeup. 
yeah, he can he can transition back and forth at will, which uh, takes away the entire pathos of that character. It does, it does, it kills it. And also, the actor that they got to play it is like tall and skinny. Uh, Beast, his his mutant ability was you know his his beast like qualities. You know his yes. he 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 still had the same. He was the same character, just not blue and furry. Yeah, so he was he was squat and very built and stout and uh, definitely not skinny nerdy geek guy. So we definitely want to see Beast done full out comic book style Beast, where his his physical powers are more like say King Kong than they are guy in makeup. Uh, yes. We can do amazing thing with with motion capture now. So I literally want to cast King Kong as Beast. I want Terry Notary, the uh, uh, motion actor behind uh, Hobbit movies, uh, Planet of the Apes films, and and most recently in Kong Sky Island, he did all the motion capture for Kong. Uh, put him in a mocap suit. There's your Beast. Well, for motion capture and stuff, okay, I can get on board with that. That That's good. If we're going to see Beast, uh, I can see that. However... I was waiting till the the, the truck went by. Yeah. Um, however, does he have the acting chops to portray Beast, or would we have to have another actor portray the you know do the voice and the actual you know? No, I would do full uh, face capture mocap on Terry Notary. Would okay. Because um, because that's exactly what he's done in in uh, he plays uh, Rocket in the second two Planet of the Apes movies, um, and he he's, he does a great job of showing a lot of emotion without heavy dialogue. Okay. Well, but that's uh, just it. See, Beast also has heavy dialogue. Beast uh, is an right. extremely intelligent person. He he you know his his yeah, diction is extremely robust. Yes, but. I want someone who can act through mocap dots. Uh, that's fine, but if if he can bring the attitude of Beast as well, because that was another thing that the 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 first class Beast got completely wrong is he's this stuttering guy who can't express himself to anybody. And I'm like, that's yeah, not they Beast. Made the, the total nerd stereotype, yeah, yeah. Um, now, one thing I would have loved, because I do agree with you, the best version of Beast we've gotten on, on screen was um, uh, uh, Kelsey, Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. But I would have loved to have seen Kelsey Grammer play Dark Beast. You love your obscure... <laughs> oh, God. Dark Beast Onslaught, from Age of Apocalypse. Dark Beast. <laughs> Dark Raven. He was like, there's the wood dark in front of him, don't you? I'm on to you now. Yes, I love Dark Onslaught. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no! Um, so I'm I'm with you, John. That yeah, you need like somebody that's big in stature. And when I was thinking of this, I was thinking of like I'm not thinking of motion capture. I'm thinking of guy in a suit. Okay, like Kelsey Grammer, and okay. I feel like you can still do guy in a. And with, I mean, no, I know they've come a long way with motion capture, but I also feel like if you put this guy in some makeup, he might actually be a pretty good beast. And that's um, Rory McCann. You might know him as the Hound from Game of Thrones. 
as Beast? Yeah. Uh, juggernaut, maybe. I have somebody else for ju- Juggernaut. We've already seen oh, okay. Juggernaut. We, 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 no, we, we have not. We have two. Deadpool 2 had a great Juggernaut. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot it exists. Uh, <laughs> but no, I was just like, I thought Rory McCann. I, honestly. I know he, he is a big, big dude, but I thought he would be good as Beast. Uh, no, I... He's a great actor. I'd love to see him in a role, but I I don't know if Beast is the best role for him. I don't know if you if you digitally squished him a bit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a term. <laughs> I can see him. Okay, playing so you know the thing when you put your finger and your thumb in front of your face or your eyeball and you squish it. You What's squish the digital him. version of that? <laughs> Do we do that? You just squish him a bit. <laughs> Someone call ILM. <laughs> I mean, you could, but see, here's the other thing, too, is you could probably take some creative liberty with it, and he is beast, but, I mean, does he have to be, like, yes. squished yes. down more? Yes, 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 that's beast. Yes, that's beast. That's, that's the thing I, I think a lot of people take. He'd be great at Sabretooth. He'd make a good Sabretooth. He's got he the would. Have a different, for that. He's got the attitude for that. I have a much different view on Sabretooth, but... Okay. Is it a short squat guy? Because he'd probably be good as Beast. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, right. There's your Beast That's right Wolverine. there. Oh, God. Uh, no, I... Yeah. Hey, I'm uh, just... Like I said, I was having a good time trying to come up with people, and I'm just, right. like... I'm sticking... Yeah. I, again... I'm sticking people in that aren't in the MCU that I think are good actors that I think again, can pull off roles. And it's, it's hard. hard to, it's hard to find people who aren't already in the MCU somehow. Because, uh, man, that, that universe got big. Um, Scott, I know you skipped over him, but uh, Jean Grey slash Marvel Girl. Um, my choice was also a Game of Thrones actor, Jay. Uh, yeah. Rose Leslie, uh, who played um, Ygritte. In seasons, oh god, was it two and three of uh, Game of Thrones? Uh, she was my top choice. Jon Snow's girlfriend. Oh yeah, the redhead. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah, the yeah. redhead. Yeah, that is a good choice. I, I I was going with the older, like like you said, a little mm-hmm. bit older. That um, and also a good actress. Um, and my choice for Jean Grey was uh, Charlize Theron. I could see it. I don't think she'd do it. But that's, yeah. Like I said, I mean, I could see to me she could Charlie's pull it off. Own as uh, um, Emma Frost. No, see, I've got somebody else completely different for Emma Frost. You I mean, I could, I, I could potentially see it, but. Uh... So I don't think anybody else had Emma Frost in there. I don't have Emma now keep in mind i'm I'm not casting the uh, the hellfire club you know early on emma frost i'm I'm casting the the little older uh married to cyclops or at least with cyclops uh co-leader of the x-men emma frost uh and uh uh personally i would love to see dominique mcgelliot mcelligot how you pronounce her name in that, I think she would make a really, really good Emma Frost. That's not a background character, Emma Frost, but a forefront character, 
Emma Frost. If you don't know the actress, she's in The Boys. She plays the the Wonder Woman ripoff. Oh, okay. You know? Uh, and I know she's got dark hair in that, but uh, she's had blonde and other things, and uh, I think she can pull that off quite well. I can see it. I mean, I don't know her from anything, but I'm just looking at it. I just pulled it up on my phone to look. I see what you're saying. Yeah, she she could do a really good Emma Frost. Yeah. Um, we so we we kind of touched on it, but I just wanted to go back to it because I have a casting for it. I don't know if John yeah. does or not, but I said I have somebody completely different for Sabretooth. Okay, you guys are gonna think I'm crazy. Too late. Um, if you haven't already, um, <laughs> but Sabretooth, Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Terry Terry Crews. Terry Crews. You know Terry Crews. Uh, I do. Yeah. He is goofy, but I think, you know, but that's because he plays goofy. You know, it's just kind right. of what he gets cast in. I, I, I can see it. I think uh, I think he could do it and do it very well. Uh, and play that. Break, At least. Like, like I said, I'm just trying to break. I was trying to break molds, too, and get people that. Yeah you know, different positions that you would not normally consider them for. And to me, Sabretooth has always been played basically the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, he couldn't do any worse than Tyler Bain. Sure he could. No, he couldn't. All Tyler Bain did was growl. Yeah, was that a... was still better than the entire uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. Granted, With, but uh, everything is better who's than not, Who's playing? I don't know who he's playing, but it's not Sabretooth. It's not Sabretooth. But uh... yeah, I just that like I said, I think Terry Crews. You know, you put him in a role that maybe he's not been cast in before. Break out of typecasting. It's a bold choice, Cotton. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't have anybody else that role. Um, I just, yeah. just spitball off the top of my head uh, for uh, the hat. I didn't. I didn't put him in so. All right. Uh, yeah. uh, who else had Scott? You had Iceman. I did have Iceman, and it's probably you're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I cast mine kind of younger because Iceman was always like the the younger X Man on the team. Yeah, uh, I had a bit so, of a cocky attitude. A bit, yeah, you know. yeah. So I cast mine a little bit younger, but I know you're looking for an older one. So what do you I got? Look, no, I, I cast well. I guess you cast younger than anybody else I've cast so far. Okay. Uh, but I, I'm I'm. To, to paraphrase Deep Thought from the uh, 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 Hitchhiker's Guide movie, um, are you sure? Because you're really not going to like it. <laughs> well, it's the format of the show. So what do you got, Scott? Shia LaBeouf. Oof. Get the fuck out of here, Shia. Jesus. Shia LaBeouf. I would like to see him. I mean, I've seen things. He's done stuff I like. He's done some stuff yeah, I like. He's a great movie. actor, but yeah. he's never going to do an X-Men movie. Well, would, that's beside the point. He would literally spend a month in a freezer to try to be Iceman. <laughs> that's fine. Hey, the man has his process, all right? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why, but that really tickled me, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just... The dude's crazy. That like... announced the death of actor Shia LaBeouf today. He locked himself inside a refrigerator. <laughs> was found a week later. With the note saying, don't let me out until I'm solid ice. <laughs> uh, filming begins in two weeks. Yeah, I, would, uh, <laughs> uh, I would do Shia LaBeouf as Iceman. I think he could do Bobby Drake. Um, 
I don't. I'm not saying he couldn't do it. I just that's 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 a hard it's a hard sell on Shia LaBeouf as anything nowadays. Um, no, I went with someone who's about that same age range. Actually, um, he's in his mid twenties, but he plays lots of teenagers. You probably know him most from the Stranger Things. Uh, Joe Carey or Kiri. Um, uh, he's the um, oh God. I forgot the character name now. Is he the boyfriend, and then he works at the ice cream shop? Yes. yes. The babysitter with the baseball bat with the nails in it? Steve, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Steve Harris. Steve. Yeah. That, That's that a good one. Ice. I like that one. Oh, yes. by God, he would make a good ice man, wouldn't he? Yes. He's got uh, that right uh, attitude, uh, especially with, like, season one Steve kind of attitude. Because um, that was, you know, Iceman was always, like, the little brother of the team. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dolphin cocky, and that's that's. I think he could he could do well. Um, he could he could do very well. I I might be the only one that had Jubilee on the team. You are, and uh, for that reason, we're just gonna skip it. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, go ahead. Well, because I was going with, like I said, I was going with the original X Men, and she Jubilee was not an original, but she was from the first episode of the cartoon. Right, she's and the that's, character. Yes, that's what I based my group off of. That's how I how I ended up with that's nine X Men, and that's um, how a lot of people our age knew X Men J. So right, and so like all of my actual X Men team are all older, but I was like Jubilee's very young, and I was like, and so this is what reminded me to bring this up because you said Stranger Things, uh, uh-huh. Millie Bobby Brown. If you were going to cast Jubilee, yeah, she wouldn't be. She'd she'd be a decent one, I think. Um, I just thought that you know she's because in the in that first card, like in the first two episodes of that cartoon, she's like the young teenager trying to figure out her life. Yeah. And yeah, see, I'm I've never been a big fan of Jubilee. Yeah, because uh, in all honesty, with her power set, she's like one step up from Dazzler. Uh, he's not wrong. Yeah. With the worst outfit, though. Well, with the worst outfit, uh, I yeah. just I just never cared for Jubilee. Uh, I I because literally, if you look at the '90s cartoon Jubilee and the role that she plays in that, uh, that's the uh, that's the same role that they give to Rogue in yeah. X Men 2000. Right. Yeah. Um. Just pretty much straight ripoff. They just gave well, it. To and, Rogue. and well, it's 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 the POV character. Uh, yeah, I think the problem there is is with even in the cartoon, once that first storyline is over and like okay now you've met the X Men, Jubilee gets nothing to do for a very long time in the cartoon. She's there, really? she's there, she but do yeah. anything? No, nope. because uh, her role has already been served. Like she got, she was your your uh, your Watson for the X Men universe, and, and once you're a few episodes in and you, you know the characters and and what's up. She's got nothing left to do, so... Yep, she's done. Uh, but that being said, but, the characters have been around for a long time. She's had some interesting storylines, so you definitely could do something with Jubilee. You could what? probably make her a little like better than what she was in the cartoon, too. And, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, which, is, which is why, you know... Which is why I have Rogue in my list because we have seen her on screen yeah. but like just like would you believe with the kind with the cartoon in the movies once she serves her purpose 
she's pretty much done. She's just a background character yeah. at that point to the thing. So that's the reason why I have Rogue as a so, main team member in mind. So who do you who, who you got as Rogue? Rogue? So for so for Rogue, uh, I actually went with Kate Mara. Oh, uh, she played uh, Sue Storm in the the uh, the the weird uh, Fantastic Four fan film that was made. Fanforstic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, she's in the same category as Mark Strong as we owe her one. Yes. And yes, Anson Mount, we owe her one. Yes. Uh, personally, I think I think she could do a really good, you know, fully powered up rogue. Because I think yeah, she do can a, do that outfit. Southern accent. Of course she can. If not, okay. we'll hire we'll, we'll hire a dialect coach. She'll be fine. That's the key uh, <laughs> for that character. Um, or we John, could just overdub her later with you know random Rue McClanahan stuff from Golden Girls, and no one yeah, that works. That Golly works Park. <laughs> What's Rue up to? Sorry. <laughs> Did you have Rogue, John? I do not have Rogue. No. Okay, I have a Rogue. Um, a Rogue one. Uh, yeah, Rogue one. Um, <sighs> the person that I thought of. <laughs> The person I thought of for Rogue, again, I was going with people that were a little older, right? Because it's a cast, you know, I'm thinking it's a group that's been together for a while. Yeah. Um, My choice for Rogue was Olivia Wilde. Mm, Okay. Olivia Wilde. Tron uh, Legacy, right? Uh, Cowboys and and Aliens. Make sure I think I'm the right person. Hold on. Mm, yes, you are. Okay. I can see her. I can see her uh, as Rogue. I thought she'd yeah. do a good job. I mean, she's yeah. a pretty good actress. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel bad for her for having been in. She's also house. in uh, She's also in House, isn't she? Was she? In House? Maybe. I Maybe thought she, she played... I thought, uh, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. Sorry. But, uh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, no 13. Yeah. Yeah. It's the house. She plays 13. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so anyways, in, was... yeah. She starts in season four on. Yeah. I'm cool with both those picks, man. Uh, yeah. I have no problem with Scott's pick. Whoever does a more convincing Southern accent, because for me, that <laughs> role is the accent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking uh, about, Shug? <laughs> yeah, now that I think back, my my childhood fascination with Rogue might explain why I married my wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. It's all coming together. Sorry, it's getting too deep. Okay, moving on. Uh well if Scott, if, not a fan of his character, but Jason, did you have Angel? I did not. I have Gambit. Which okay. is where I—that's what I was leading to next from Rogue because okay. you know Rogue and Gambit. Yeah, they're like they an item. together. Yeah. Um, are they already an item in your universe, or are we going to yes. draw that out for like three movies? Okay. No, no, they're already an item. They're already okay. together. Uh, and again, I'm thinking outside the box and not casting somebody who you would consider in this position, but um, Isaiah Mustafa. Again, Isaiah Mustafa. You do if you've okay. if you've ever seen an Old Spice commercial where he says, "You wish your man could smell." Oh, that is Isaiah Gambit, Mustafa. Huh? Yes, he was also in uh, It Chapter Two. Yes. 
Isaiah Mustafa. Hang on, I'm looking him up. Yes. I mean, I know he's supposed to be this Cajun from Louisiana. I mean, his name is LeBeau. But, he, I mean, I think he could do good as yeah. Gambit. Um, I've not actually seen any of the It movies, the either of the It movies or anything. So, I've never actually seen him in anything. I don't know. Um, did anyone else cast Gambit? No, I, uh, no. So there you go, Jay. Isaiah Mustafa. <laughs> it's our <laughs> Gambit. There you go. <laughs> no, he could. He could. That'd be interesting. Um, my only thing is he's 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 a big guy, and Gambit is. I mean, Gambit's not a weakling, but Gambit is much more like uh, Bruce Lee physique. Then, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, 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 but I think, but you I think with Gambit, yeah, I think with Gambit, you can get away with with beefing him up just a little bit. Again, I'm going to go with if he can pull off the accent, he's got yes. the role. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> talk about a role defined by an accent. Very true. Yeah. Uh, you had Angel John. Yeah. Uh, so Angel, someone who's potentially going to have their shirt off a lot. So you want someone with a nice build. Uh, and his his whole deal is he's the uh, blonde hair, blue eyed, dreamy angel. Um, and when I think muscles, blonde hair, and blue eyes, my mind automatically goes to Alexander Skarsgård from uh. Uh, True Blood. Um, so that's who I had for Angel. Well, I have nothing to defend that. So yeah, <laughs> his dad's already in the MCU, so why not? If you're gonna have Angel in there. I can see him doing that. I, I can he see him good. being a useless person with wings. Yeah, Tarzan in the Tarzan movie that nobody went and saw. <laughs> there was a Tarzan movie. Yeah, there's exactly. two of them with oh. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, John, do you have? What about Storm? Do we all have Storm? I nope. do have Storm. I do not because I don't care for Storm. Oh, okay. Uh, I went with someone a little old on the older side, and by older, when I, when we say older, we mean Hollywood older. So yeah. someone over the age of twenty nine is old. Um, so I went with someone who's who's got a little more um, experience under her belt. Someone who I think could nail this character, and you know, like an older version of Storm, who's more like um, sure of herself. Because uh, Storm does go on to become the leader of one of the X Men teams, so I wanted someone who could potentially be, you know, be, you know, supplant Cyclops as the leader. Um, if you have seen Westworld at all, you know where I'm going. Fanny Newton, um, who oh, plays Maeve in Westworld. That I had her, but not as Storm. Okay. So I know who. Yes, I know who Fanny Newton is, and I know what. Yes, I agree that she could be a very good Storm. I do. Um, but that's not. I had her as Mystique, actually. Oh, okay. I can uh, see that too. And and honestly, I think these two picks between Storm and Mystique, you could interchange one with the other and still be okay. Yeah. Uh, well, once again, Mystique is another one of those characters. I'm I'm just so over. I don't want to see Mystique as a good guy. Mystique is a villain. No, no. I'm saying the actress. That oh, I chose. oh, okay. So like. The person that I'm going to say for Storm could also be okay. Mystique. So who you got for Storm slash Mystique? Uh, Rosario Dawson. Yeah, I can see either way. So, mm. like, and I, 
that Andy Newton is Mystique, and you have her as Storm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, you cut off for a second. Oh, yeah. I I was just saying you had Thandie Newton as um, Storm, and I had her as Mystique. So we do know Rosario Dawson can rock a mohawk because she has like a faux hawk thing in uh, Sin City. So yeah, I'm gonna say coin toss on that one. Yeah, so. I'd be fine with either of them. Once again, I also don't want them in the movie at all. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I can can see where you're coming from, Scott. Like, I'm with you. There's so many characters in the X-Men universe. I want to see them all get their their fair share of the limelight. But there are so many characters who got done wrong in previous X-Men movies. I'd like to see them at least get one film where I can say, yeah, that's that's that character before we move on to somebody new. So that, that's why I put Storm on there. She's an important character for the X-Men, and I feel like she never really got her due. Um, uh, my next one is Colossus, but I think we're already definitively cast on Colossus. It's oh, gonna be God, yes. Stefan Capicic. Capicic? Deadpool Colossus. Deadpool Colossus. the guy from Deadpool, yep. We'll even have a scene where he's not all uh, metal roided up so we can see the actual actor. And then he can do like the cartoon where he like uh, flame on, turns into Cyclops, cl- oh, Cyclops. Yeah. turns into Colossus. So, you know, the actor can get some screen time. I'm fine yeah, with and, that. And the, uh, the the proper term is stealing up. Sorry. <laughs> flame you. it on. Um, yeah, no. Metal flame on. Flame metal he, on. He, yeah, he steals up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, so earlier you... What did I say? Rory McCann, and then you said Juggernaut. And then I said somebody else's. I have somebody else yeah. cast as Juggernaut. Who you got? The Mountain. Uh, well, Starfleur, Flarfen, Furfen, Frashnen. Farfen, Nugan? Flurfen, Flaffen, Flurfen, The Mountain, you know. So, so you want to cast a Volkswagen? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh,. Like, I was thinking of, oh, who's a big, just massive dude who could really pull off Juggernaut? And I was like, the mountain. You're talking the, the second actor to play the mountain? The, 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 the Flaffner Furpenfurter. God, what the hell is his name? His, like, he's literally nicknamed the mountain. He's a, he's yes, one of the world's I, I know. strongest that's, men. That's the character name, too. And there were two different actors, so I'm trying to make sure I've got the right one. The the one that I'm thinking of is nicknamed the Mountain in his powerlifting circle. <clears throat> okay. Uh, what is his name? Hoff- I can I literally Bjornsson? Cannot, can't pronounce it. Uh, Hoffbjör Bjornsson. Yes, yes. Hoff Hoffbjör Bjorns Bjornsson. That's what I said. Son of Bjorn. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Son of Cole. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so him or or Nathan Jones. Uh, 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 might not be familiar Jones, to you guys. Right? Huh? Nathan Jones. He played Rictus in Mad Max. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Big guy. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm looking him up right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was just say this this is also a moot point. We've already got an awesome juggernaut on screen. Just keep that one. So he's, Ryan Reynolds did it. Got it. He's he's beautiful. <laughs> I don't know who's under that helmet, and I don't need to know who's under that helmet. All I need is the helmet, the size. It's Ryan Reynolds doing the voice. Okay, if it sure. Trivia. I'm fine with that. Also, the rest of the episode will be an ASMR episode. That is not ASMR. I request from Scott. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't laugh and do that at the same time. Uh, I've got two castings left. Um, did everybody have Nightcrawler, or is that just me? You. No. Well, once again, okay. I felt it was somebody we'd seen too much. So Again, yes, he's got one amazing scene. One amazing one scene. Movie. Uh so again, I wanted to go somebody a little bit younger, somebody who could really play the uh, the the scared, scarred kind of. Uh, Jay, you might recognize his name. I went with uh, Asia Butterfield, who was Ender in Ender's Game. Oh, yeah, yeah I could see him. I could see him as uh, as uh, Kurt. Uh, Kurt yeah. So. And then it's my last funny. one is Mr. Sinister, which we'll get to, I'm sure. Yeah, that's my last one as well. I've been saving uh, him for last. All right, Jay. But it's, it's fun. Well, it's funny because you said you um, you brought up Ender's Game. Yeah. And I actually cast somebody from Ender's Game as the Blob or Blob. That's mean to Harrison Ford. Oh. You beat me by like a half a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, hey, Harrison Ford hasn't let himself go that much. Sir Ben Kingsley as the blob? Sure. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> Who you got? Nonzo Anozi. He played Dap. As the blob? Yes. Hang on. Here the silence is me and Scott simultaneously jumped IMDB. <laughs> uh, what was that name again? Uh, Nonzo Anozi. N O N S O. Yeah. It's Sergeant Dapp. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I know that guy. I could see him as the blob. So he's like, he apparently he's like six foot six, and he's a very large individual. Like he's not. You're gonna have to do something to make him lock. Yeah, he'll have to put on a few pounds. Or massive, but yeah, we'll see. GI. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that in many different ways. But I just thought that he would be good. I'd also an... argue there are a lot better villains you could cast in the Blob. I know, but I was going through the Brotherhood list. Right, I, I got gotcha. you. So, so yeah. who you get? Uh, well, Pyro next. I have. I also have Pyro. Okay. Uh, and for that, I had Charlie Day. Charlie Day. Sure, why not? From uh, Always Sunny. Yes. And, um, um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pacific Rim. Uh, Pacific Rim, yeah. 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 Uh, bold choice. But sure. Right. Like I said, I went outside the box and trying to find people that would not be cast in these roles. So, anyway. Uh, so we got what, uh, Avalanche? Uh, don't need to worry about the other ones, it's fine. Okay, okay. You with the time of casting them, dude? No, no. 
Well, so I already the one that I had for Avalanche, I said you could also have played Juggernaut, and that was Nathan Jones. That was okay. Rictus from okay. Mad Max. So gotcha. But yeah. Anyway, any others you're you're really proud of? Not really, no. Okay. Nope. Well, and Scott, what did you have in mind for Mister Sinister? Um. So for Mister Sinister, uh. I have, and it was a single photograph that really I, I stumbled across it, and I'm like, oh yes, that that is sinister. And then he would, he's a great actor. Um, let's see if I get his name right here, Christopher Heyerdahl. He played the Swede in Hell on Wheels, and if you go to his IMDb page, and under photos, that first photo on the far on the left under photos, where it's just him. It's black and white, and it's him side lit. And tell me that's not Mr. Sinister. Because it's in black and white, so he's very white in the face with the side light. Uh, based on this one photo? Sure. I've seen him act. He, he, can, he can play it. He can play it very well. I mean, I haven't seen him anything. But uh, again, based on this one photo, yeah, uh, make his skin blue, put a diamond on his forehead. Sure, I can see Mister Sinister. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I went a little different route with mine. Hey, where are you getting blue skin for Mister Sinister? Sorry, he's got the the sorry white face with the blue armor. Okay. Yeah, I was say, I he, think, he, his skin uh, is white. <laughs> I, I know, but I, I, I think sinister, and I think blue because he's got the bio mechanoid armor stuff that's all blue. The goddamn <laughs> pen is blue. <laughs> <laughs> this pen is. Sorry. Uh, no, I went a different path. I went with um, someone who's got some experience playing villains. Someone who can do a really intimidating voice, which I think is great for Mr. Sinister, because I think he's a character we want to see built up over a while. So maybe if only you get all you get of him is like a shoulder and a voice, you'd be okay with this actor. Um, and again, someone I think Mr. Sinister is another character who you'll see get done with a lot of either makeup or mocap. And this is someone who has lots of experience with both. Andy Circus. <laughs> Really? Really? No, no. No. Sorry. I do not see Andy Serkis as Mr. Sinister. I mean No, you, you see the performance of Andy Serkis as Mr. Sinister. Nah, nah. Uh, Sinister does Sinister does not need to be mocap at all. Sinister needs to be uh, look, I'm with you except like, I, normally I'm with you on that. Like I think a lot of times people use mocap when they didn't need to, but Avengers Endgame changed my entire perspective on mocap because I never once saw Josh Brolin. I just saw Thanos. And I think Andy Serkis could do the same with Mr. Sinister. Yeah. I was very impressed with the fact that Thanos was complete CG that entire movie. Yes, it was beautiful. Um, I, I agree. They've come a long way. They do some really great stuff. I still don't see Andy Serkis as Mr. Sinister. Sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respectfully disagree on that. Hard disagree. Disrespectfully disagree with your choice based on a photo. I'm not basing it on a photo. <laughs> I'm basing it on his performance too. <clears throat> it's mad at you for throwing shade to Blade too. 
<laughs> Keanu Reeves. Shut up. Get uh, out of here. Holy hell. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, I was scrolling through pictures of Mr. Sinister trying to think of if I could throw anybody, throw my hat in the ring uh, for somebody. And then I literally came across... It. I literally came across a picture on Google of half of the picture is Mr. Sinister and the other half is Keanu Reeves as John Wick. <laughs> so it's like it's like a side by side comparison of the yeah. two. The person is that thinks Keanu Reeves needs to be Mr. Sinister, but uh, okay. <laughs> but they were so adamant with it that they photoshopped an image of him. No, no, no. it wasn't like it's just like literally like a, like a side by side. It's oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I I am sitting here looking at a picture of Mr. Sinister, like one of his one of his early you know early appearance drawings, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, pre nineties, like pre nineties. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at this, and I'm like, you know, if this was the eighties, we could totally get Dolph Lundgren to be Mr. Sinister. You, you know, could still get him to be Mr. Sinister I, if you really I, want to. I'm I must study you. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> Fuck it. Dolph Lundgren, Mr. Sinister. Gets Perfect. my vote. I'm in. Uh, how much of the movie is he naked meditating in a sewer? All of it. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> you, you got me now. 100% of it. Uh, any other uh, burning casting anyone has? That's everybody I had for, for so, an X-Men movie. Awesome. Uh, first of all, guys, thank you all for putting the time and effort in and coming to that. Um, there are always more interesting episodes when we disagree. Then when we're all here like, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Okay, next thing. Yeah, that's him. So uh, there's three radically different takes <laughs> on how to work the X-Men into the MCU. And uh, casting choices all over the map. Um, what characters do you want to see that we didn't talk about? What uh, actors are perfect for roles we didn't mention? And you're just shouting at us, you fools, you fools. Uh, clearly, it should be... Um, I'm just going to pick a random name out of a hat now. Um, it clearly, it should be... Because <laughs> Jay brought this up. Charlie Day. <laughs> as Magneto. Or as Wolverine. Clearly, you want someone short in stature. Charlie Day. Charlie uh, He's got man. range. Um, let us know. Uh, do you have a story pitch that we didn't give? You know, what do you think? We know this is all going to shake out at some point. So whatever, three to five years down the road, when the first uh, Marvel produced X Men movies in theaters, we'll pull this episode out and see who got closest to it. Uh, none of us. None of us got close. Pro- probably <laughs> not. Uh, but man, <laughs> the, the day. <laughs> I don't know. We could all look like fools. We could all look like geniuses. Or no, this could be a word. Okay. But that's the joy of fan casting is we're giving it our best shot. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. This episode's getting a little bit long, but uh, I think it was a good one. So thanks for sticking with us. This has been your weekly nerd. Review.